40. When I started this message series on Thrive, who would have thought what season we would have gone into? And I want to say to you that the reason why we started, I just felt that God laid on my heart, and this is the thing, that no matter what happens, who knew? That you can still progress in God and grow in all the ways that you're supposed to grow. Thrive means that you can receive, grow, and progress, mature, and deepen in all the ways that you're supposed to grow. And so today, I want to speak about something that isn't often spoke about, spoken about in church, and it's about holiness. Now let me go right to the end. I want to go to the last sentence of my message today. And the last sentence is this, without holiness... No one will see the Lord. It says that in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 14. Without holiness, no man or no person will see the Lord. So holiness and the idea of bringing the sacred into your experience is really important. So today, I want to say, bringing the sacred into our lives and touching holiness and important, and touching holiness and finding out what that's about is so important for you to grow and to become all the things that you are to become. Give me an amen as if the church is completely full. Okay, that's an okay amen. Give me a big amen. Come on, we're going to thrive. We are going to thrive. We're going to grow in all the ways that we're supposed to grow. Can I tell you a kind of very personal and kind of private story? I don't say this often. And uh, it's kind of weird that we're saying it today with us being online and everything. This is a really personal story to me. When I'd been a Christian, not, not too long really, I was praying in, in, in a living room. And uh, as I was praying, uh, a really beautiful and sweet presence came in the room. And I thought to myself, oh, this is really good. And uh, that presence became stronger and stronger. And I thought, oh, this is so good. And I began to cry and pray and, you know, just be really free and have, have liberty. But you see... For those of you who perhaps are, are not sure about Christianity, or those of you checking out about Christianity, actually, we don't think that it's just a few life principles, or a way of living, or some rules to obey. Uh, how many of you with me, we actually believe that there's a living person uh, behind it, in it, through it, above it, around it, under it, and that we're actually interacting with a living person? And, and so, actually, for Christianity for us isn't just we read a few uh, books and it's great that some churches have that structure to their services or so on, but we believe that God's alive. Amen, church? So back to my story. Uh, so this presence, and that's what I want to describe it as, it was really lovely. You know, it was a beautiful atmosphere in the room and I began to pray and, and uh, just I began to cry and so on, but then it got stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger until I was kind of getting overwhelmed and actually it culminated with me shooting my arms out in front of me and saying don't, don't, please don't come any closer please don't, don't come any closer because I just can't stand it 
And from that moment, and in other subsequent moments, it set a tone to my life. It set a tone to my kind of understanding about what Christianity is about. And that actually we're interacting with someone who's very different. That actually we wouldn't say that we have religion. That we kind of would say more that we're connected to a living person. And I want to say to you today that in order for you to grow, thrive, to become everything that God has got planned for you, whichever way you want to define it, to progress and grow in all the ways that you're supposed to grow, you have to appreciate the holiness of God. You have to begin to grapple with the sense of the sacred in your life. That actually, that there is a tone and an atmosphere to our lives that's a little bit different, a lot different than perhaps the ordinary lives. You see, the Bible reveals God as holy. In Proverbs three verse, uh, 9 verse 10, excuse me, it says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. The Bible's encouraging us to say, you need to understand there's something about God that isn't ordinary. He is holy. Let them praise your great and awesome name. He's holy. Exalt the Lord our God and worship at his footstool because he's holy. Psalm 99 verse 3 and 5 says. There's no one uh, holy like the Lord. There is no one besides you. There is our rock and our God. Samuel cried out. And in the Bible we read that there's a holy Sabbath, a holy temple, a holy of holies, uh, holy offerings, holy priests, holy articles, holy city, holy fields, holy furnishings. This idea of the holy is a really strong idea in the scriptures. And, and actually in our modern preaching culture of church, often you don't hear messages on holiness but would you would you stay with me and, and walk with me in this would you engage with me and and kind of almost listen along with me and ask for that sense of the presence of god i wonder what holiness means what does it mean to be holy first of all does mean this idea of separation that you know in the old testament god said to his people you're mine you're supposed to be separate. You're, you're to me. I've set you apart, it says in Leviticus. And this idea of separation, lots of us have, have kind of been in churches that have taught separation and it's worked against us in that we've kind of become a clique and a, a culture outside the culture. But can I just say that Jesus did say, didn't he, you are in the world but not of the world. There is a sense that there is a, a difference about us. So the first idea of holiness is to be holy is to be different. In, in, a, in the old King James Bible, it says that we are peculiar people. And there was always a joke that there were some people more peculiar than others. But what it meant was is that we are different. There is a sense of, that we operate to a different kind of drum beat in our lives. Anybody with me in church today? Is that, is that all right? The second idea of holiness is that it means cleansing. Do you remember the famous passage in Ephesians where it says that it calls us his, his bride and that we are washed and cleansed by the, the living water of God's presence? To be holy means to be clean. 
to begin to say that all the things that, that bring people down, that God washes those off of us. There's a really important third idea to what holy means because often churches have always emphasized separation, cleanliness. But actually, to be holy is also to be set apart for a special purpose. I want you to have a look at 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 21. It's a really important verse. So even though some people have taught this idea of separation, they've, what they've done is they've not emphasized what the Bible emphasizes is that we are here for a special purpose. And that's part of holiness. Those who cleanse themselves, the Bible says, from the latter will be instruments for special purposes, made holy, useful to the master, and prepared to do any good work. You see, the idea of holiness is, yes, number one, separation, number two, cleanliness, but number three, separate to a special purpose. Now, we can't do it today, but this would be the moment where we would say, you know, turn to each other and say, you're called for a special purpose, but maybe at home you could turn to each other and do that. You're called to a special purpose. But when we talk about holiness, I don't know about you, but do you get a bit freaked out by it? You know that God's holy. I mean, in, in the Bible it says that there are angels that cry, say it with me, holy, holy, holy. And they're doing that all the time. So holiness must be really important. It must be a, a, a massive characteristic of God, this specialness, this separateness, this cleanliness, this, that God's always about a special purpose. And yet, sometimes I'm thinking, oh, God's so holy, and oh, man, what am I like? You see, it's important you see the person of God, but then it's absolutely important you see that you have a position in Christ. You know, there's a parable in the, in the New Testament, isn't it? Jesus said that when the prodigal son left, that the, one of the first things that the father put on him was a robe. To say, to cover up that filthiness, to cover up that, that kind of sense of alienation. And you know, I, I just want to speak to those folks who, you, we've, the, the phrase today is self-isolation. And, and we know that that's wise, but never, un, never translate it to value. Never translate it that you're not worth being a part of a community. You know, this too will pass, and God will bring this, us through this. But he wants to put a robe on us. In fact, if you are in Jesus today, this is what Isaiah says. Isaiah 61 verse 10 says, I delight greatly in the Lord and my soul rejoices in my God. For he's clothed me with garments of salvation and he's arrayed me in a robe of righteousness. I don't know where you shop, but in the bank of heaven you get a robe of righteousness. You know what? We're not shopping at River Island. We're just getting our robes from the river. You know? I think of something about Marks and Spencers, but I can't think of anything uh, right now about that. And, and the Bible goes on and says, As a bridegroom adorns his head like a priest, and as a bride adorns herself with jewels. What God is saying is this. I'm really holy. But in Christ... I'm giving you a position so that you don't strive after it, you receive it. 
I clothe you. And some of us are striving. We're wondering if we're worth it or not. We have a position in God that connects us with him. Remember Jesus said, I'm the vine. You are the what? The branches. You're connected to me. You can't earn it. You've just got to receive it. When Jesus on the cross said, it's finished, he was talking about you. He was talking about, I'm going to connect you now. Even though this idea of holiness is huge, you have to begin to say, okay, God, connect me, clothe me, I receive it. Lord, you know all my weaknesses, I want to receive it. Jesus said, remain in me and I in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. You can't thrive on your own. You've got to be connected. It must remain in the vine and neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. As we walk in him and copy him, we'll begin to understand that when he saved us, he clothed us. So when I talk about holiness today, I don't want you to get freaked out and say, I can never do that. Understand that because Christ has connected you, you now can live for him. And it's from that connection and that clothing and that position in Christ that you can now live. Amen, church. You know, you can begin to live. So I'm going to share with you something about how you can discover more about God's holiness. But will you keep in your mind that you're connected and clothed and so this isn't beyond you? You see, you've got to first see the person of God, that he is holy. And that you'll never thrive unless you allow that sacred to touch your life. We talk a lot today about the sacred, sacred, secular divide not being healthy. But there's a part of saying to God, well, God, you are different and I want to be like you. Doesn't mean to say you won't relate to culture or be loving or be in the mix But there is a tone set in your life. But as well as seeing the person, see your position in Christ. That that he's connected you, you can receive that. And so then you can then take a posture that allows you to receive more from God. Do you know what a posture is? It's a a kind of attitude whereby in in your heart, in your mind, you're either open to some things or closed to some things. It's a kind of filter where you make yourself predispositioned to things. Now... Dina Asher-Smith, my favorite athlete at the moment, uh, she's just awesome, isn't she? I hope she gets to go to Japan and, and light up the fire. When she is on the starting... In fact, shall I do it? Yeah, I should do it. When she's on the starting blocks, she's got the posture, hasn't she? She's ready. I mean, she, she's got the posture to go. Uh, sorry for those on you on that side. Let's do it this way. Have you got the posture ready to receive? When I'm at home, there's times that this is my posture. I'm not ready to run a race. I'm like, Kathy, have you got any popcorn while I watch this TV? You see, I've got my posture of receiving now. What posture have you got in your life? What's your posture? What's your attitude and your filter? The, the posture is like a gate that lets some things in. 
and keep some things out. I'm going to just do quickly five postures through the book of Ephesians that will connect you more with the holiness of God. Are you ready? Are you with me? Count them off with me. Number one, to thrive in holiness, you have to recognize that you are called to a different life that's, and belonging that's exclusively to God. Ephesians 4 verse 1 says, As a prisoner of the Lord then, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling that you've received. That you actually say, God, you've marked my life out. And that means that my life has got to be, there's an exclusivity about my life. Now, I don't mean a Pharisee type of exclusivity where you won't mix with people. I mean that in your heart you keep a a place where you say, God, this heart beats for you first. That my life, I'm going to live my life worthy of the calling that you've received. You know, in Malachi 3 verse 17 it says that God calls us his treasured possession. There's something about the exclusiveness of our, our nature. Kathy and I, we're exclusively to each other. We mix with lots of other people, but there's a part of our lives that's exclusive. If you want to posture your life towards holiness and towards thriving in God, there's got to be a part of you that says, this person has this part of me, this person has this, 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 and this. But you know what, God? Out of everybody who wants something, I want you to have the first place in my life. It's a posture. It's not a technique. It's a kind of attitude. Number two, if you're going to posture your life towards holiness, Ephesians tells us this, see to it and I insist on it in the Lord. Chapter 4 verse 17, that you must no longer live as the Gentiles live uh, as they do in the futility of their thinking. You have to have a right mind direction. You have to begin to think about your thinking. You have to begin to say and have some discipline about how what goes on your mind. You have to keep your heart soft and keep your mind focused. Let me speak into the situation that we're in. You are being baptized with information right now. You are being flooded with media, this, that, and the other. And there'll be an opinions right, left, and center. And, you know, obviously we want to listen to information, and that's fine. And as a church, we will. But what I want to say to you is that God is still on the throne. Oh, that was a weak amen. God is still on the throne. If you're watching at home, see if you can say amen louder than this house. God is still at work. When I came to church today, a lady came up to me and she said, Pastor Mark, you prayed for me three weeks ago. We prayed about two things. The first thing she told me about and the second thing I prayed about was the job that I've been asking for. Pastor Mark, you don't understand. I wasn't qualified for this job and a hundred people went for this job and I was the one who got this job because I believe God has a plan for my life. What you've got to do in this time is be strong in your mind, not ignoring facts. Of course, facts are our friends. Not ignoring wisdom, but begin to wrap everything around in faith that God is still on the throne. Posture your strong mind towards God. Can I say that to everyone, wherever you, whether you're here or whether you're listening at home, you've now got to have a strong mind. In fact... 
Here's a prayer for you. We have the mind of Christ. Lord, help me to express the mind of Christ. What comes from your mind and out of your mouth has an effect on other people. Make sure what you're saying is beneficial and helpful to those who listen. Amen, church? Number three, if you're going to keep a posture towards holiness and thrive in holiness, your position in life has always got to be ready to sacrifice for others and to love others. The Bible says it this way, follow God's example. Remember whose example this is. Follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children. You are so loved. Walk in the way of love just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and as a sacrifice to God. Church, this is our opportunity to shine. This is our opportunity to love. This is our opportunity to be salt and light and to be different. You know, you're in the supermarket and you're walking down the aisle and you spot it. You know, you're going down the aisle and there's one toilet roll left. And you see somebody coming up alongside and you're walking like that. And you're just trying to be all kind of, you know, I'm not really looking, I don't know what I'm doing. And you walk up there and you get there and you get there first and your hand goes on the toilet roll. And you hand it to the person and say, would you like this, madam? Wouldn't that be the thing to do? Now, I know you need toilet roll. I know that you do. But rip up your husband's shirt and use that. (laughs) Do you know what I'm saying? You can wash that. Let's give. You know, let's give some love. This is our chance, church. And I apologise for those of you online who've just spit your tea out. This is our chance. Are you with me, church? We've got to posture our lives towards loving people, sacrificing people, for people. We've got to do that. That's the Christ way. And when we posture our lives that way, you'll be amazed at how much God pours out on you. See, posture is like a filter. It's like... It's like when you get up in the morning and you've already decided, who can I bless today? That you get up in the morning and you say, I'm going to think what God says today. Fourth posture of our lives. The Bible says, if you're going to thrive to holiness, your life has to be filled with the light of the wisdom of God. Ephesians 5.8 says, For you were once darkness, and now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of the light. Hey, you know the Bible, but who's the light of the world? Ah, you know what? Jesus said, I'm the light of the world. Whoever comes to me, no man will walk in darkness. But then he then turns it round and he says several times... You're the light. In fact, he says, it's strange if you put your light under a bucket or a a bowl or a bushel or whatever translation you read. You know, why would we do that? Actually, we are called the light. And it's because we've got the light of God in us that we then become light. You know what? When, When the Bible talks about light, it's actually talking about revelation. That we actually are 
what God thinks in a situation. That it's his wisdom in any situation. And God wants to give you light. But what you've got to do is posture your life to say, God, have you got a different revelation? Have you got a different thing that, that I need to think right now? Have you got something that I need to receive right now? And also, light is about your position. God, can you put me in a position so I can be the most effective? A light is set on a hill. It's not set under a bed. So, God, in this situation that we're all in, I believe God's going to position you so you can send out God's revelation. But you've got to have the posture in your heart to say, I want to be that light, Lord. I know that some of you are worried. I know that some of you are afraid. And we're not dismissing that in any way. I know that some of you are thinking, oh, I don't know how things are going to be. But the Bible says that we can be a light in this darkness. You've got to posture yourself to do that. You've got to decide, well, okay, I'm going to let my little light shine. Last thing. To thrive in holiness, we need to live intentionally. Not caught by fear or in a caution that, that makes us kind of so cautious that we don't do anything. But actually, what we do, we live in wisdom so that we decide, ah, if I keep doing this, this is going to take me in, that, in the wrong direction. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 15 says, be very careful how you live not as unwise, but as wise. You know, facts are our friends, and we want to live wisely, and we're going to operate our church wisely. But there's a difference between biblical wisdom and worldly fear. Wisdom says, let's take care of each other Let's do what we need to do and let's hear what God's saying. You have to posture yourself that way. Do not allow fear to flood your whole existence. I'm posturing myself. I'm saying as far as the Father is concerned, I sit at your feet and I ask you, can I receive? Right now, maybe you could say, God, I just want to receive more from you. I'm posturing my heart to be open. As far as being ready to serve God is concerned, I'm posturing my life. That I'm on the starting blocks and I'm ready to go. How's your heart? You see, to thrive, we've got to posture our lives towards these healthy ways. We've got to say to ourselves, Father, can I be exclusive to you? Can I be full of living out the calling? Can I, Father, I want my mind to be sharp and focused. That, that I want to pour out my life in love to other people. I'm ready to do that. I'm posturing myself. Lord, let, my, let me live by revelation. and let me, let me join in with everybody else's darkness. I want to be postured towards the light. And I want to be wise, Lord. I want to be careful how I live. 
but not reckless. I want to find a margin for my life, both in time and money and all sorts of things. I want to ask myself, if I keep doing this, what direction will it take me in? That's wisdom. And I'm going to posture myself towards that wisdom. But let me recap. It's something really important. The journey of thriving in holiness is see the person. See that God says, you be holy because I'm holy. It's, it's my major characteristic. So be like me. See that person. But also, see your position. You are washed. You are robed. You are connected. You can receive. Right. Amen? Amen? And then... Then begin to start looking towards a better posture. You know, don't, don't automatically fall back. I ever told you about the times that I fasted. I know you're not supposed to do that and leave, lose your reward. But you know, Jesus fasted for 40 days in the wilderness. And I've often thought to myself, who did, he must have told somebody because he was on his own. Because they wrote it down. So let me tell you, I fasted for 40 days three times in my ministry. Not, not consecutively, let me just make that clear. <laughs> the first time I did it, it was like murder. It was like, oh, it was hard, but I got through it. And it was like a dedication thing. And the last time I did it, it was kind of uh, tough, but you know, I was a bit more mature and so had a better schedule. The second time I did it, it was an absolute, I, was, I felt like a fraud. This is why. Up to day five, I mean, I was day five in and I was kind of struggling. I was thinking, oh man, this is going to be a long, long time. And then I read First uh, John chapter 2. And it says this, if anyone obeys his word, the love of God is truly made complete in him. This is how we know we are in him. Whoever claims to live in him must, and I was reading the translation, walk as Jesus walked or live as Jesus did. And I said to myself, I'm just going to copy you, Lord. You fasted, so I'm fasting. Here's what happened. Day six, I just got a second wind, and it carried me through to day 38, 39. That last day was a killer because my mind was on finishing. You know, I wasn't really praying much, sorry. But I, I felt like I just, God carried me through. Now, the other experiences weren't like that. And the one afterwards wasn't like that. But this is what I think God was saying to me. I think he was teaching me that if you copy me, posture yourself towards me, I can do things through you that you can't do yourself. And that's kind of what I'm trying to teach you today. That if you'll open your life, God will be able to do things through you that you wouldn't believe you could do. You see, the final thing about holiness is we were made to thrive is that we practice some things that are right. But too many times churches have got the order wrong. Churches will try and tell you about if you practice this, this will make you holy. Instead of starting with the person, seeing your wonderful position in Christ, then beginning to open your life in some posture of healthy things, then God will teach you the practices you need in order to be holy for you. Maybe God says, hey, for you, the best thing for you is that you get up early and pray to me because that's how you're wired. 
The best thing for you is you don't go there, you go there. But it's because you've got a sense of his person and you've heard your position and you've opened your life and you've postured yourself to some things. Then he teaches you some practices. Please will you stand with me? Because this is how you need to get the order right. This is what the Bible says. He saved us and called us to a holy life. Not because of anything we have done, but because of his own purpose and grace. That grace that was given to us in Christ Jesus before the beginning of time. Church, can you get the order right? Maybe you could say those things with me. Let's see the person. Everybody say person. Let's hear our position in Christ. Say position. Position. Come on, position. position. Let's get the right posture. And then the practices will come. Holiness is vital. And you know what? I don't guess that you're going to see here many messages on holiness. You're going to hear about breakthrough miracles. You're going to hear about discipleship and wisdom. But if you want to thrive, you really are going to have to come to terms with allowing the sacred to touch your life. And with all the caveats of not separating ourselves and becoming detached from the world so we can't minister to the world, but there has to be a flame that is sacred about us. What would it be like if I said to Kathy, well, Kathy, I'm, I'm yours, I'm yours, I'm yours, but I'm not quite yours. How would that be for a marriage? You see, there's got to be some sort of exclusivity. Because here is the last sentence that I started with. Make every effort to live in peace with everyone. Even when they've taken the last toilet roll. Even when they've taken all the pasta. Or whatever you want to stockpile. Make every effort to live in peace with everyone. And be holy. For without holiness, no one will see the Lord. I am so glad that that doesn't depend on me. But that depends on the righteousness of Christ. Robing me and empowering me to receive more. Hey, would you just hold your hands out in front of you? And if you're watching online, maybe this could be a worship moment for you at home. If you just hold your hands out in front of you. And just begin to say, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord. Just for a few moments. Holy. Come on, let's join with the angels. Holy, holy is the Lord. Come on, everybody together. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord. And maybe you could just posture your life for a moment right now that you could say to yourself, Father, I'm exclusively yours. Flood me with light. Flood me with revelation. If there's any unwise thing, I just want to posture my life open to you, Lord. 
Because God wants you to thrive. He wants you to grow in all the ways that you're supposed to grow. Progress in all the directions you're supposed to progress. And go to the purposes you're supposed to have. And without holiness and a sense of the sacred, you can't thrive just as much as He wants you to. Hey, we're going to sing together. And then I'm going to come back and, and we're all going to have a prayer moment. Come on, let's worship him. His presence is here. His presence is right here now. Just to bring your life closer to him. Let him build you up.